Alaska, an amazing place. That's where we're doing today's In Grace. Stay tuned. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Today on In Grace, we are taking a very special journey. We are taking you to Alaska. (laughs) And I tell you what, I'm an adventurer, I'm an outdoors person, and I love the beauty of God's creation. And today we're going to be taking you to Alaska via the radio or podcast. Now, it's going to be harder to imagine what we're seeing, but we're going to be describing it to the best of our abilities. And by the way, when I say we, it'll be myself and a good friend of mine. His name is Bruce Malone. Bruce is a very qualified man. He has a number of patents. He worked for a big company, developing uh, different things for the company. He understood that we were created and there is a God and he put his trust in Jesus Christ. He decided to use all of his knowledge and his scientific abilities to share creation with us. You're going to really enjoy Bruce Malone today as him and I talk about all of the beauty that we see in Alaska. Uh, The setting for this show is actually a cruise that we did a couple of years ago. We called it the In Grace Creation Cruise to Alaska. And as a matter of fact, in one month from today, we're going to do another one with Bruce Malone. So if you enjoy hearing what you hear today, then consider, if we still have space, I'm not sure, consider coming with InGrace to Alaska. You can contact us by going to our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel, and there you can see the brochure and print it. Or you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. And we would be so honored to have you come along with us on this journey of a lifetime. I'll tell a little bit more about the journey, about the cruise. It's Holland America. Holland America is a a really good cruise line. They started cruises to Alaska. They were the first ones to do it. They do a really good job. It's a very classy cruise line. They don't have as much of the partying and, you know, the stuff that Christians aren't as excited about, but they have a beautiful ship and it's a newer ship. It's called New Amsterdam. And I, I think what I love most about the cruise is that we're with other Christians, we're with other believers, not the whole ship, but a lot of us on there will be within grace. And we have our own naturalist, Bruce Malone, will be coming along. Of course, we wouldn't call him a naturalist if he's a creationist, but a, a person that can explain the things that we're seeing. And, and the last time we saw a black bear down on a glacier and, and we saw eagles and whales, and it's just unbelievable. Even the glaciers themselves Uh, he explains. And so if you're interested in coming along with us to Alaska, uh, you're going to have to act quick and go to the website, ingraceradio.com, click on travel or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. Let me also mention that you might want to see what we're going to be sharing with you today, the audio of. If you'd like to see this awesome Alaska Amazing Creation uh, video, uh, you can see it right now on our YouTube channel for free. If you just go to YouTube and search for In Grace, and you'll be able to find it right there. It's called Alaska Amazing Creation, and you might want to watch last week's and this week's to see it in order 
but it is absolutely stunning to see what God has created and how unspoiled it is still up there in Alaska. And when you do find In Grace on YouTube, would you subscribe, get alerts, and like the videos? That way more people will see it and hear the gospel. Thank you and enjoy today's program. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Today, we're still in port in Alaska's capital, Juneau, the only U.S. state capital and accessible by road. I love fishing, so I couldn't pass up an invitation from an InGrace friend to go halibut fishing. We did finally get out to our fishing spot, and immediately we put down 350 feet down our bait and started jigging, and uh, we caught a halibut. Got it into the boat. It took a long time to reel in 350 feet of line, and we decided at that point as we got in the boat, eh, it was kind of small. Everybody was getting bites, so it was like, okay, well, we're gonna throw that one back. That was the last halibut that we caught. We did happen to catch some flounder, we feel like we were really good sportsmen today because all the fish that we caught, we left in the ocean. And the reason is because uh, we felt like we were going to catch a lot of halibut. So we released the one halibut we caught. We caught a couple flounder, but we had a great time. Well, at least we didn't have to clean fish. Juno was a fun stop. And as we departed, we were looking forward to our final place in Alaska, before we'd have to turn south for home. While steaming towards Skagway, I had a chance to hang out with our creation speaker, Bruce Malone. Bruce was a scientific researcher for Dow Chemical for 30 years. He has a degree in chemical engineering and is responsible for key innovations, which have resulted in 18 patents. I asked him about how animals and humans would have been able to get from Noah's Ark in Turkey to eventually populate the Americas. You see, we, we need to go back to what God has told us. Everybody spread out from Noah, his family, and then the Tower of Babel. But how? How did they get over here? As we look at Alaska, the Siberia, it's just a barren ice land and there's a huge ocean. But following the flood of Noah, enormous amounts of water evaporated to form the ice sheets. So a lot of evaporation, a lot of snow but that would also lower the oceans exactly. and create a, exactly. a land bridge where the Aleutians are. The oceans were warmer because of volcanism, land movement during the flood. There was a uh, land bridge allowing migration of very intelligent people into North America. How much lower would the oceans have been during uh, that time Most period? experts uh, acknowledge they were to be at least 200 foot lower. All the oceans of the world, 200 That's foot incredible. of water. Glaciers miles thick allowing that land surface for migration into North America. So when you see the, the populations spread from all over uh, North America, South America, we, we know that the Bible has a description of why that happened. That's the Tower of Babel. The languages were yep. confused. I know also you've done some research onto the Delaware tribe. And they have a story that really parallels incredibly with what well, the Bible says. Well, uh, it is stunning. It's called the Wolam Olam. There's actually a book published called The Red Record based on a linguistic expert from the 1800s that went into their oral tradition. Uh, they actually have a record of creation, the flood, the fall, and then the spreading out of people during a period of enormous ice and snow huh. of, of that day. 
Uh, it exactly parallels what we find, a migration of people across the Pacific Northwest into North America during an extremely cold period of Earth history. And it also has mention of this person that saved the world, saved the yeah. people. Yeah, well, very specifically, in, in their tradition, his name was Ninabush, not Noah. Uh, but remember, these are oral stories passed from generation to generation over dozens and dozens of generations. Uh, and it says he saved all of humanity. He is known to the Delaware Indians as the grandfather of life, wow. the original human being. Well, Noah, in essence, was that. Right. All of us came from Noah's family. There were a lot of creatures that died in the Ice Age, and they're finding these woolly mammoths up in ice sheets, and they were frozen. Some of them are preserved incredibly well. The upper area of Siberia, they found millions, not just a few millions of woolly mammoth uh, buried in the permafrost. The intriguing thing, that is absolute mystery to modern scientists, is they find semi-tropical vegetation, stuff that would grow in Florida, Alabama, in the stomach of these animals that died in Siberia. Now, how does that happen? Well, that would be incredibly hard to explain unless we have a proper understanding of the aftermath of the flood. Well, when you apply a biblical framework to things, they become much clearer. It's when you leave the Bible out, they become their mystery. You see, after the flood, the oceans, as I mentioned, were much warmer. Uh, lots of volcanism, lots of land movement, even the Arctic Ocean. So along the coastline, even hundreds of miles inland, there was a microclimate, not just for a few years, but for hundreds of years following the flood. Because of the warmth of the Warm ocean. Water. Even today, you have microclimates, Southeast Alaska, British Columbia, where you don't get a lot of snow because you have the warmth of the ocean. Now, if you warm that ocean up a lot more, you're gonna have subtropical plants growing in these places. In the Arctic, in the Arctic, it was warm. Now, because the oceans are so large, it wouldn't just take a few years for the entire ocean, thousands of feet deep, to cool down. You're talking about hundreds of years for all this to happen. hundreds of years following the flood of Noah. But because of all this evaporation, and now you're having a lot of snow up in these northern regions, right. so you're starting to get the ice pack buildup. How much snow does it take to form? Uh, rule of thumb, uh, you know, about 10 feet of snow to form one foot of ice. Wow. 10 to one ratio. So these glaciers were widely acknowledged during the Ice Age to cover entire continental surfaces one to two miles deep. So we're talking 20 miles of snow. But right along the coastline, you would have had a subtropical exactly. climate because of the warmth of the ocean. The ocean temperature is driving the weather patterns of the world. And just like the, the, the native population would have been probably coming across the Aleutians, the ocean's lower so you have a land bridge, so would the animals have been coming across there Woolly mammoths and other creatures would have exactly. been in that location. Came out of Noah's Ark. And you have the ice uh, yep. sheets forming. Heading and you to have the all of a sudden a, you know, the, the ocean's cooling and then suddenly the oceans freeze. Well, at some point, the evaporation is cooling the overall oceans, coming down as ice in the north, more wet environment, rain into the equatorial regions, building up, building up, but that's cooling the oceans. At some point, the oceans cool and cool and cool. You formed ice sheets to the south of these huge herds of mammoths. The oceans freeze over. Now they're trapped. At this point, you could get a 50, 70 degree temperature drop 
overnight. You had a rapid freezing of an entire species of animals, and uh, they subsequently went extinct. Uh, even the ones who did migrate, and you find woolly mammoths across the Great Plains states into Ohio and Indiana, uh, but they're much more rare, and they also tended to go extinct after the Ice Age. But without the flood, you have no mechanism to warm the oceans, so you really exactly. don't have an answer unless you believe the Bible exactly. for the, the Ice Age as we have known it. The flood of Noah that the Bible tells us about was a worldwide event. Never forget that. It affected this entire planet and it guaranteed an enormous global ice age after the flood. When you think of Alaska, perhaps you dream of seeing glaciers, whales, bears, and being surrounded by beauty while sailing the smooth green waters. Now is your opportunity to go to Alaska within grace for a luxury seven-day cruise. Pastor Jim Scudder and his wife Karen invite you on a seven-day in grace creation cruise this July. Ingrace is joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker, who will share the evidence for creation as we view God's beauty all around us. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to enjoy a time of spiritual refreshment and encouragement as you fellowship with other believers. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness the magnificent land of Alaska. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. So a, a, a literal biblical interpretation tells us the earth is young, uh, 6,000 at the most 10,000 years. But geologists, the prevailing thought, the paradigm of today is that uh, we're, these rocks are really, really old. So we're looking at the same evidence. A lot of the dating has been determined by carbon dating, and, and there's a, a big assumption in that. What is that assumption, and how could that skew the dates of right. rocks? Well, and this is especially true in Ice Age timeframe dating. Um, carbon is a naturally forming element in our atmosphere uh, especially radiocarbon, as nitrogen is blown apart, it recombines as a carbon-14. Our bodies are then made out of normal carbon, carbon-14. Those who believe in enormous time periods, multiple ice ages, they look at the same data we do. They look at how much carbon-14, an unstable carbon, is left in anything they dig out of the ground that used to be alive, like a woolly mammoth, and they'll find very small amounts left. About half of it will disappear every 5,000 years. So in 10,000 years, there'll be a fourth left, in 15, an eighth left, in 20,000 years, there'll be a 16th left. They'll find a woolly mammoth. It only has one 16th of the carbon-14 we have today. They'll say it lived 20,000 years ago. But there's a big assumption in this. Well, and they're not measuring time, they're measuring the amount of a chemical, right. okay? They assume the woolly mammoths, when they were alive, had the same amount of carbon-14 we have today but the flood of Noah affected everything with vastly more vegetation and life before the flood. Even if you had the same amount of carbon-14 being generated, you would have started out with less of it in every living thing. The Earth's magnetic field would have changed significantly during this flood event, meaning there was less being generated before than after. As a result, these animals just had less carbon-14 to begin with. 
So they may have started out with one eighth what we have today. Got it. 5,000 years past. They now have one sixteenth. They only lived 5,000 years ago, not 20,000 years ago. So these dating methods are all based on assumption that leave what God has told us out. Scientists aren't stupid. They're simply leaving key events of the Bible out of their thinking, so they're coming to the wrong conclusions. The father of modern psychology is a man named Dr. William James. After studying human beings all his life, his final conclusion was, nothing is too absurd to be believed if it's simply repeated often enough. Throughout my life, I was told, evolution's a fact, evolution's a fact, millions of years, billions of years, so I simply would interpret everything that way. It wasn't until I had seen the evidence that there really has been this worldwide flood, that the rock layers had to have been formed rapidly and recently, because fossils literally aren't even forming today, and yet the rocks are filled with trillions of them. That the ice layers can form very, very rapidly, and it doesn't take huge periods of time, that I started to study it. And all of a sudden, the Bible became incredibly real. Real history, real truth, reality. Uh, and if it's real about the physical world, then it's also real as it talks about spiritual implications and moral implications. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. It is. We it need is. to understand the spiritual things. We do. And I think the reason evolution is so popular is because it removes our accountability to our Creator. If we all just came about by natural processes, there's no evidence for God by study and creation. And yet God specifically told us in his very first command to Adam and Eve, take dominion over creation. Well, that means to study it, understand it, and control it, because by doing so, we literally will know he exists. Evolution pretends he doesn't, gives us this excuse to ignore God. When you start to look at God's creation, we see some really amazing creatures. And one is the bird, the God with. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, I think God likes to show off. There, there's a bird uh, native to Alaska called the bar-tailed God wit. Now, I kind of like this bird because it's not the evolution wit, it's the God wit. Hey, <laughs> I love that name too. But the amazing thing about this bird is it has to migrate from its summer feeding grounds to its winter feeding grounds in New Zealand. It is a 7,125 mile trip over open ocean with no place to land. Is that the farthest migration? It is the farthest migration. Wow. Uh, and of, so we're saying from Alaska to from New Alaska Zealand. From Alaska to New Zealand, almost down by Australia. So across the globe, from, from one hemisphere to the other, almost from the top to the bottom of the earth. Now, aside from the fact how does it know to leave Alaska and pinpoint a small location in one country, and it goes back to the same spot every year? How does it get there? How does it fly that far without ever landing? It takes between five and seven days. Uh, it has to travel, if it takes five days, on average of right around 100 miles an hour, flying over open the whole ocean, time. the whole way, without ever stopping. Now that takes an enormous amount of energy, enormous calorie intake. So before it leaves, it starts to gorge itself. It eats and eats and eats. Kind of like and, what uh, we've been doing on this cruise. <laughs> exactly. Gaining quite a bit of weight, uh, like the God with. But uh, at the end of two weeks, if 
if it was like a normal bird, it would look like the Goodyear blimp and it would not fly very well and there's no way it could make the journey. So it produces a special kind of fat, fat stores energy that has a very low water content. Uh, no other bird does this. Mm. Uh, but it still has to hold so much fat that it would not fly efficiently. So right those last few days, its internal organs start to shrivel. Its liver, its uh, uh, kidneys, its stomach, its intestines, they all shrivel up to make room for the fat. So instead of looking like a blimp, it re-streamlines itself. Huh. Uh, and then it flies continuously uh, without ever stopping. If it didn't have enough energy, it would crash and, and burn into the ocean. Dead animal, no more Godwits. Uh, God designed every bit of it. It designed its ability to make the fat, its desire to migrate, its knowledge of how to migrate, its shriveling of its organs. All of it has to be there or nothing so works. So at the same time, everything has to be in place. Correct. Or we don't have the Godwit. The, the next generation would be dead. So you can't just have a piece of an animal, a piece of creation. It All the parts have to fit together, they all have to be there. Evolution can't explain this uh, because it's a piecemeal bit of change at a time over eons of time. Um, it could never make this journey. One of those things God does so we will know he exists and he is the creator. The most phenomenal concept of all the God who made this universe that's so large we can't even, we, we can't even intellectually conceive of the distances we're talking about. The, 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 the creator who put so much information into the DNA that we can't even conceive of, of, of all of it. And every, every year we're learning so much more would become part of that creation, would become a human being to, to take the penalty we deserve to have died in our place. That's, that's the most phenomenal concept of all. Alaska, what a beautiful place. A place that will inspire you, a place that will bring you hopefully back to see it again and again. I love to see God's creation, God's beauty, but I also want to never neglect to tell you not only is he the creator, but more importantly, He's the Savior. He is the one that sent out a rescue plan. Can you imagine if this mighty ship had a problem and started taking on water? There's going to be lifeboats, but those lifeboats will only get you so far. We need a rescue. We need somebody to come and help us. Well, God has initiated that rescue plan. He has sent his only son, his name is Jesus, to this earth. The very God became a man but he never sinned. See, we're sinners. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And many of the Alaskan towns back in the day, there were a lot of brothels and, and saloons. It was a really wild and lawless place. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And you say, well, I would never get involved with stuff like that. Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever not told the full truth? We're all sinners. We're all fallen short of the glory of God. We need a savior. And Jesus is the one that came to die for our sins on a cross. Jesus had no sin and he became sin for us on the cross. And anyone who simply believes in him, to trust in him, has eternal life. And once you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. No matter what happens to you, you will spend eternity with God in heaven because he paid the debt for your sin and you received that as a gift and you have something called eternal life. Alaska is beautiful, it's interesting, the history's great, 
It's still wild, but more important than Alaska and beauty is to know Jesus. That's where you'll find real adventure and real fulfillment and purpose in your life. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. When you think of Alaska, perhaps you dream of seeing glaciers, whales, bear, and being surrounded by beauty while sailing the smooth green waters. Now is your opportunity to go to Alaska within grace for a luxury seven-day cruise. Pastor Jim Scudder and his wife Karen invite you on a seven-day In Grace Creation Cruise this July. In Grace is joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker who will share the evidence for creation as we view God's beauty all around us. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to enjoy a time of spiritual refreshment and encouragement as you fellowship with other believers. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness the magnificent land of Alaska. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.